We did the story yesterday, I mean two days ago, apologize for yesterday. Uh, we did the story of Sarai being taken by Paro, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to review, I wanted to keep track of the interactions between Hashem and Avram and the, the Mizbachot that he makes. So yes, yes. when he first gets into out. Israel, so far, when he gets into Israel, he goes to Shechem and what happens? He makes an, an altar. He makes an altar. Yes, and then in Bethel he makes another one. Yeah, and what did God say to him in Shechem? Uh, that he's going to bless him. It's all blessings. Don't worry. See, I, want to be, I want to see the specific blessings. Okay, so in Shechem, Hashem appears to Abraham. Yes. I'm going to give this land to your descendants. Yes. And then he made a Mizbeach there to Hashem who appeared to him. Good. Very simple blessing. Next, he goes from there to Bethel and he pitches his tent, which we said may mean that he pitched his encampment. Yes. That he's got that, that yeah. probably because he went along with his wife. Could be to that whenever Egypt. he went to Egypt, he didn't, he didn't go with, take his, with whole, all 300 people, his whole 300 entourage. People. Exactly. And then there he also builds Mizbeach, and this time by Ikra B'Shem Adonai. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's important to know. So, so, but does God speak to him in, uh, in Bethel? No. No. Okay, so one, one interaction in Shechem saying with a Mizbeach and then he goes to Bethel there's a Mizbeach but there's no interaction and then he goes down to Mitzrayim and then when he comes back from Mitzrayim same place, Bethel. he goes back to Bethel yes. and what does he do when he gets there? Again. And he goes back based on his, his journeys back to the area between Bethel and I, mm-hmm. where he was before. And there again, he calls Beshem Adonai. Yes. So what is he doing when he's calling Beshem Adonai? What do you think that means? In my opinion. I think, I think what, Abraham, what Abraham is doing, partially, he's, yeah, but he's also on a journey to convert people. Right, because where is he getting all these followers from? It seems like he's on a journey to spread the name, name of God, which is obviously what makes him a more unique character than Noah. No doubt. So it seems like every time he's calling B'Shem Adonai, he's making Mizbeach, it seems like he's doing this publicly in order to encourage people and, and teach people about Adonai, about the God that he serves. Okay? Let's go with that for now. It's, it's the best I could think of. It was also in that era, it was the way they were doing it. Yeah, of course. But, but it, it, it's not just, uh, he's not doing a, pers- a private thanks to God. Yeah. I think he's doing something public. Now we go to the story of Lot and Avram with their wealth. Pasuk hey. And also Lot, who was going with Avraham, he also had a lot of cattle and sheep and tents. Tents. He had a lot of tents, meaning he had a lot of followers, right? Why would he have a lot of tents? Yes. <laughs> People dwell in tents. None. Either it could mean wives, or it could mean it could mean uh, it could mean followers. So we know from later on that he had only two daughters. So how many ah, wives? good, did he... good, good. Excellent. Excellent. Maybe, maybe two wives, but not more. <laughs> not more. 
All right, so it means it must mean fo- tents must mean followers. That's what that's what we're trying to. I think we're we're figuring out. And the land could not carry them to, for them to dwell together. Because their, their portion was a lot, their, their, um, their wealth was a lot, and they could not dwell together. And the shepherds, there was a fight between the shepherds of the cattle of Avram and the shepherds of the cattle of Lot. And the Canaanites and the Prezites then were in the land. What is that telling us? They were living there. That was it's the land a, of the... Right. And I, I read a perush that says that's, it's explained to you another reason why they couldn't fit in the land because it, it wasn't only Lot and Avram. Oh, they were also splitting it with other, the Canaanites yes. and the Prezites. And once you have everybody in there together, there it's isn't enough room. Yes. Right. There isn't enough room for all of them to, to dwell. Okay? Yeah. Avram and Lot... So Avram says to Lot, Let there not be a fight between me and you, between my shepherds and yours, because we are brothers. The whole land is before you. Separate from me. If I go left, sorry, if you choose left, I will go right. And if you choose right, I, go left. I will go left. Now, what is interesting about Avram's proposal here? He, wish, he tells him to choose first. Aha, uh-huh, exactly. Gives him, gives him. It's not even Tarof. It's no, it's Avram, good, good, Avram good, is the older one. Sure, yeah. Avram is the older one. It's like, it's like imagine you, you take care of your nephew who's uh, the, the nephew whose parents Sound are not Canada. around. And then, and then you basically become like his stepfather. And then you say, oh, you, let's not fight. You can pick for... What do you mean you can pick choose first? Choose the best house in Kingsport. Right, right. The the family has a few homes. You you let the 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 fifteen year old pick the best home whenever the the fifty year old is still hasn't chosen. So show and why is Avram doing this? For the sake of peace between the family. So it shows it, this is a very good quality of Avram that we're seeing that he's putting himself lower for the sake of peace in the household. I think there is two in this we see two qualities. One is that that you just said, which yeah. is very correct. The second one also, this is a, a boy which is an orphan. Mm-hmm. So he's taking care of the orphan. I see what you're saying. He really wants... Right, but, but he was already taking yes, care of the yes, orphan. Correct. Even when they were together, yes. and he made the orphan a wealthy man. Yes. And then now the orphan comes and the orphan starts to fight with him. And he's <laughs> letting the orphan take, take the best land, yes. all for the sake of peace. So we see Avram, it's a very humble, good quality of, on Avram's part that we're seeing here. Okay. Anybody else may, might probably. He would have said, "Okay, look, here's the deal. I I made you this money, and <laughs> I took care of I, you. I I I. I'm going to go pick the best land, and you could pick wherever is left. I mean, I'm sorry. It's your fault that your shepherds are getting in a fight with me. That's that's how I would have done. So that's how anybody, if you're in that position, you take the best for yourself, and then you you let the person who's dependent on you get second. Especially after he came back from Egypt, where he got all the wealth from. Right. 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 I mean, it, clearly Lot is a beneficiary of Abraham's wealth. I doubt, I doubt Lot made this money on, on his own, right? Okay. So Lot's reaction. He lifts up his eyes. And he sees the plain of the Yarden, of the Jordan, that it is all watered. And why was it all watered? 
because it was before the destruction of Sedom and Amorah, and it was very similar to the Garden of Hashem or like the land of Egypt uh, as thou come to Tso'ar. And it, and it extended the water, the area came all the way to Tso'ar. And, we, and Tso'ar is going to be relevant because it's a city that Lot is going to end up in. That's why we're knowing about it. But the area was watered and was healthy, was good fertile land, fertile land all the way until Tso'ar. And what are these references? It's, it was like the garden of Hashem, yes. like the land of Egypt. Make it look so sweet and so... Uh, right. So one of my friends showed me a very interesting thing. He said, what are the famous lands in the Torah? This is a friend, my friend Jacob Ovadia. He showed this to me a few years ago. What are the famous lands in the Torah that have a river going through them? Egypt, there is the Nile. There's Egypt. Yes. There, there is... is uh, well, well, according to the Torah, where are the Tigris and Euphrates coming from? That's from Africa. No, no from no, Eden. No, Do you remember? It says the God made there was a river, and then it went to four directions, yes, yes, and yes, then yes, that's yes. Where, so the water starts in Eden, and right. it waters the Gun of Eden. So you have the river of Eden that waters the Gun of Eden. You have the river of the Nile that is Mitzrayim, and you have what's the last one? Here, the Jordan River. Oh. The Jordan River and the Jordan River Valley and the, and the land of Sodom and Amorah. That's why it's bringing up... Uh... So my friend was pointing out to me, there is a theme in the Torah that any place where you see a river, the people there become corrupt. The river passed through Eden and Adam and Chava sin. The river passes through Mitzrayim and Mitzrayim are obviously the sinners. And the river passes through Sodom and the people of Sodom are sinners as well. Oh. And what is the significance behind that? Why is it that rivers wealth. cause this problem? Because they re represent wealth. So it shows the corrupting nature wealth of having too much wealth. Wealth divorced from God America. brings corruption. America. So many rivers in the Mississippi. There's so many rivers in America. The Mississippi River. <laughs> right, but the river represents the river represents wealth to the extent that you don't even need to rely on God. Yes, that you don't need you don't a relationship to, you don't with have to God. Pray, pray for rain. Exactly. You, have to pray you for don't rain. need to pray for anything. So because and you think it's a river, exactly. So because you don't have to rely on God, uh, it ends it's it's very corrupting. Yeah. And that's why it's describing this land as Kigan Adonai and like Ke'eretz Misraim. It's loop, lumping all of these places yeah. with rivers together. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Kol so Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan River. Lot Mikedem. And Lot traveled east. And they separated a man from his brother. So this year, I realized something. And I want to see if we, you could figure it out together because I don't know the significance of it yet. But do you know where else we see the word Vaisalot Mikedem? Not necessarily Lot, but where do we see Mikedem. the word Mikedem? I don't remember. So we've seen it a couple of places. No, so far, just in the I mean, narrative we've read so far. I've heard it. Well, Didn't we've we seen. Mikedem during Parashat Bereshit? We did. Yeah, I remember that you oh. God put east of, of Eden, He put the, the, the Kiruvim and the Lata Kharavim. And the, 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 He kicks the out Adam. He kicks out Adam. By Cain, it says again that He went 
to Kedem Legan Eden. And then by the people of Migdal Bavel, it says that they went Mikedem. And now for the fourth time, it says that Lot went Mikedem. I don't know what it means, but I, I, I highly doubt it's, it's, um, it's, it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's by chance. I, I, think, I think there's a message behind there. I mean, if you look at all of these things... What does exactly mean Mikedem? Separation. Mikedem, Mikedem is separation. the east. No, the no. east. Okay, but, but to the Mikedem. east you separate. Mikedem means from the east, but here it's not translating that way. For some reason it means and he traveled east. I saw Lot Mikedem. Yeah, we saw it with these four people. With Cain, Cain killed his brother. Migdal Bavel, they were corrupted and they wanted to build the city. And with Lot, he goes east. And that's also corrupting. Every time, every time there's something east, it's not good. Yes. But that's all I know so says, far. She says here that uh, every, the Lot separated himself from God, the ancient one of the world, saying, I want neither. Do you know how they're trying to Lot Mikedem, Rashi is translating as, he Lot left Mikedem from the early one. Kedem could either mean east or could mean the one from before. So they're translating Mikedem as in God. Can I do something? And I'm making it but if you're looking at the map geographically, yeah. isn't Yerushalayim being here? Uh -huh. Isn't everything happening here? Right now, yeah. So right now, yes. So then Mikedem, you're going east. It's maybe a reference that they're not really going towards the Kodesh place. They're going straight from the oh, Kodesh mean, place. They're, they're, they're moving away from Yerushalayim. Mm. Wow, good point. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, based on what you're saying, why is it that the layout of the Mishkan is that the holiest place is west. Could it be the point of it is that we go in the opposite direction of these eastern people who are going east, like Migdal Bavel, the uh, sinner Adam and Chava, Lot, um, Cain. I don't. I don't know. This is all. These are all mysteries of the Torah. Wow. But That's but beautiful. I'm I'm. I, maybe you're based away. on what you're, you're saying, walking away. You you're walking away from Mikedem. By the way, another thing is that they always, in histori uh, um, historically, they Hashem. thought a a, a, a ruach, a, a wind, the eastern wind was considered the cursed wind. I don't know why, but that's what it, it, that's what it's the, the eastern wind was considered the cursed wind. You see it in the Gemara, I think. You probably this saying that you you. Go away from Hashem. You, 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 you're dis dissociating yourself. It's like you're push pushing yourself astray. Right. So East represents going away from Hashem. Yes. This is, to me, and it's interesting that when Avram, he wants to come to Hashem, he goes from East to the West. He goes from Ur Kazdim, which is in the East, all the way to the West, to Kena'an. So all the people who are coming to Hashem are going West. The people who are leaving Hashem are going, going east. east. I mean, it's, there is a reference for us. Uh, this is very mysterious to me. <laughs> if anybody on the recording can figure something out about all these references, or if they could prove to us that we're, we're dwelling on something that's, that's at least uh, meaningful, it could also be that we're dwelling on something that's completely happenstance and that this is, doesn't mean anything. But I, I have a feeling it does mean something. Okay. Now, Velot, Yashab Be'are Akikar. 
Lot, here, where are we? Avram Yashab Be'eres Canaan. Avram was dwelling in the land of Canaan. Lot Yashab Kikar. And Lot dwelled in the land of, uh, in the cities of the Kikar. There were a bunch of cities that we're going to become familiar with mm-hmm. in the plain of the Jordan River. Vayehal Ad Sedom. And he pitched his tent Ad Sedom. Next to Sedom. It seems like the, the correct yes. translation is he pitched his tent by Sedom. Meaning he didn't go all the way inside, it seems like. He pitched close, his tent close. close to close. Sedom. And the people of Sedom were bad and sinners to Hashem greatly. And Hashem said to Avram, after Lot separated from him, Lift up your eyes and see the place that you are, that you are there. North, south, east, and west. Because the land that you see, I'm giving to you and to your descendants forever. I'm going to make your descendants like the dust of the land. So that the same way a person cannot count the dust of the earth, so too he cannot count your descendants. I think the Muslims are more uh, are more um, responsible for this than we are. You know, oh, yeah. we're only t- 15 million of us, and the Muslims are. You know, so like this, we're like the stars. They're the dust. We're the stars. Including all the descendants, that means for all the generations put together. It would have to be. This would have to include Ishmael and yes. and, and star dust too. Okay, you're getting carried away. <laughs> all right. Go traverse the land to its length and to its width because I've given it to you. Apparently, I read in the Perush here that walking the land is a form of claiming ownership. Go claim ownership of the land because it belongs to you. And Avram pitched his tent or he moved his tent from where was his tent until now? Betel. Betel. Betel, right. Betel and I. Yeah, between Betel and I. So now he moves it to the Elone. Uh, what does Elone mean? The terebinths. That's how the, I don't know what a terebinth is. What is it, some kind of tree? Look up the word terebinth on your phone. Uh, terebinth? What, what do you have? Describe? What pasuk is this? Be'elone Pasuk 18. They translate it as Elone. They don't even translate it. No, no, no. He built a Mizbeach. That's the word Mizbeach. It translates it. It probably transliterates it as Elone. No. Put in the dictionary. Put the word Terebinth. I want to... I think... What is it? Hey, Google. What is it, Terebinth? If it understands, I'll be very surprised. No, it doesn't understand. It says here, plains of Mamre. Oh, they do it. Uh, the plains of Mamre. Okay. They, they, didn't, they, they, didn't tra- yes. they didn't transliterate. So it's a plain. I don't know why this is a terabith. I always thought Elone well, is a plains. The plains of Mamre, which okay. are in Hebron. So let's slow down a little bit. I know we're going very slow, but I want, to figure, I want to figure all of this out. Now again, he's... he's a, this is another beracha. So what number of beracha is this? It's the third one. Well, actually, yeah, it's the third one. The first one was... Yes. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. 
and they'll be blessed through you all the people of the land. That's before he even goes to thing. When he gets to the land, what's the next blessing he gives him? Very simple blessing. Yes, that's, uh, I'm going to give this land to your offspring. Now he separates from Lot he, and he, he says, and make sure that his offspring becomes multitude. Ah, right. So this time he separates from Lot and he gives them the same bracha of now it's the same bracha we saw when he was in Shechem. But this time, this time he's adding to it. This time he's adding that your descendants will be multi multiplied. Yeah, multiplied. What does this mean? Why is he, why is he adding to the bracha now? So that's bracha number three. And why is he adding to the bracha now that your descendants will be multiplied? Abraham. Maybe because Abraham is thinking, He's, until now, Lot was my descendant. Yes. And all of the Berachot, I go was going to go with Lot. Yes. So now, he, if I lose Lot, then I have no, child. I have no children. Yes. So what's going There's to be? Doubt. So now, doubt. once Lot leaves, then it seems like Borei Olam says to him, he's reconfirming the Berachot that you're worry, going to have descendants worry. to tell him, by the way, you're going to have descendants and they won't even be from Lot. Yes. They're going to be your own. Which is, which is probably a very big Barakat to Avram. And then he builds another Mizbeach. Yes. And he responds. I guess so. I guess it's a response, maybe out of, out of thanks. Well, when Avram realizes that Borei Olam is blessing, he adds to the blessing, then he shows thanks. So this is a Mizbeach in, in the plains of Mamre. Hey, by the way, this guy, this guy Mamre is a person. Oh yeah? It he was a owned, person named... Yeah, there's a man, Mamre, who was his property, and Avram is going to enter a partnership with the guy, with this guy. Oh. Yeah. It's, I think, because we're going to see later, Vehim Ba'ale Berit Avram. Okay, now that's, um, that's so far, I'm just going very slow because I want to make sure we don't miss anything with all yes, these, yes, yes, these, yes, these Mizbachot. This, this is the third. This is third, the third, third Mizbeach, right? He did one, in, did one in Shechem, one in Bet El, but in Bet El there was no bracha, no. right? Bet El is just where he pitched his tent. And then there's another bracha there no, in no, Elone Mamre. Hashem doesn't speak to him in Bet no, Right, Hashem doesn't speak to him in Bet El. Then there's another bracha in Elone Mamre, followed yes. by Mizbeach again. Yes. And this is where he's pitching his tent also. Yes. So now he's really settled in Elone Mamre, yes. and he has an altar, and he yes. can he saw. Yes. And he's already and had he's, a message. He's, he's, uh, uh, okay, and now, and now that he's become friends with Mamre, now let's, we have the battle of the four and the five kings. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Now, the, the story of the, of the four and the five kings, it's very uh, hard to read. The first, like, ten psukim or six psukim of it are hard to read because they describe the backstory of all of this, the nine nations yes. that are involved here. Yes. And it's not very, it's very hard to follow what's going on and... and what, what, like what, what they're doing and where these kings are coming from and who they all are. But um, basically the story is that the, the four kings uh, subdued these five kings. The five kings were local Israelite kings, at least were local enough. Some of them were, a couple of them were in Sidon. And uh, the, the five kings rebel, but then the four kings, they, beat, beat, they, they push back the rebellion and they, in the process of defeating them in that rebellion, they conquer Lot. The four kings conquer Lot. And then a fugitive basically goes to Avram and he tells him that the, 
the, your, 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 your nephew, nephew has is... been taken captive. And Avram right then gathers up his army, which we have to ask where he, his army comes from. And he goes and he saying, I want, I'm going, so I'm going to skip the, the opening part of the story. Avram. What? And, goes and, and he goes and he, he chases yes. back the four kings and he, and he, and he captures all captures, of the spoils and yes. he takes Lot back and he brings him back. Yes. Yeah. He, he saves Lot. Brings him back to Sodom. No? Yes. Yeah, so the, the story for our, for, for our sake, the, uh, the story starts in Pasuk Yud Bet. That's where I'm going to start from. Lot. They took Lot and his, his uh, property, the, the nephew of Abraham, and they went, and he was dwelling in Sodom. The fugitive comes and he tells Abraham, And he was dwelling in the plains of Mamre, the Amorite. The brother of Eshkol and Aner, who were... The Baleh Berit Avram, who were the, the partners of Avram. Oh, so, so now we know that there are three people Eshkol, Aner, and Mamre. Yes. Or Mamre, Eshkol, and Aner. And he's living in Mamre's land and he's partnering up with Mamre's brothers, who are Aner and Eshkol. Yes. And it seems like his army is going to be his army. Allies. So there's they're allies. So, yes, when, so he he war, he, when he goes to war, it's them. Yes. It's these people. And so another question, where did he get all these people from? They're his allies. He had his own people because we know Avram was like a leader, a chieftain, and he had, he had his own tribe. And these are his allies. Okay, Vayishma Avram, Kinishba Achiv, and he hears, and he gathers his army to go and fight. Um, we're going to continue on Sunday with the response after Avram wins his interactions with the two, with the two figures. Of Malki Tzedek, the king of, yeah, of Shalem. And, uh, yeah, fuck. Okay. 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 Okay